Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, new podcast, uh, and it's a great one. So uh, sit back and enjoy. But first, real quick, I want to go through some dates I got uh, coming up. Passing the Ice House, February 12th. Two shows, uh, 7 o'clock and an 8 o'clock. Nope. 8 and 10. 8 and 10. Thank you, Leanne. That's why you're here. Uh, I am at Sioux City, Sioux City Hard Rock Casino, the 17th of February. Omaha, Nebraska, 18th through 20th. Then off to Vancouver for the Just for Laughs at the Rio Theater, I think is the name of it. I think that's right. Uh, the 21st. And then Columbus, Ohio is my call in sick to work show. I want to thank everyone who came out to D.C. It was a sold out show. I want to thank uh, uh, Brent Morin and Jason Collings for coming out. It was insane. So, uh, so if you're in Columbus, if you're near Columbus... Come out. I will go do radio. I will drink on radio. I will go right to the club, and we will do a noon show, and we will day drink. And we will. It's St. Patty's Day, so you do not have to go to work. So come day drink with me. It's the brand new uh, Columbus. Did I say Cincinnati or Columbus? I don't know. It's Columbus. It's Columbus Funny Bone. So uh, that's it. And I got more dates. Go to burpburpburp.com. Um, if you're new to this podcast, take two seconds. Uh, I have some great podcasts that I've just posted, and I have some even better ones coming up. Uh, so rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It literally takes two seconds, but it means the biggest deal for a show like this uh, because people word gets out and it goes to the top of the charts because you've rated and reviewed and subscribed it, and then new people see, oh, Bert's talking to today's guest, who's a beast. It's I'm so. Oh, are you done with my read? No. Oh, that's, what are you rolling your eyes I at? I got a text. Oh God, who's the text from? Uh, from Andrew. Oh, really? It's all good. Okay. All good. Okay. Um, today's read, we were going to try to incorporate my daughters into it because the truth is uh, what the our, our sponsor for today's podcast sent a very nice gift over so we could sample the product yes, and then talk about how great it was. Yes. But my daughters ate it. And <laughs> I thought, I thought <laughs> it would be funny to have them on the podcast. It was funny. It was funny, but it was not what you want to hear. No. Here's a, this is an excerpt right right here. I love Carrie's berries. They're like awesome. I like die for them. These were for me. These were going to be for me. What about me? What about me? They were my advertisement. I was going to do this. It's my podcast. Tell him. It's my podcast. It was supposed to be for me. It was so good. And there was one more flavor. Do you remember? No, there were just three. Oh, there were? Yeah, there are four of three. There are 12. You're right. You're right. Mona. Let's get, this is uh, this ad's driving me nuts. Leanne, who's our sponsor this week? Our sponsor this week is Sherry's Berries. We got a, an awesome dozen of Sherry's <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind right now. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Leanne, quickly. The wheels have come off. I'm going to have to edit this fucking down. And that spiraled into dog barking into, oh, it was just a fucking nightmare. The, into naked booties, into screaming. It was insane. But the truth is. Uh, but they love the Sherry's Berries. Sherry's Berries. They sent them over, and the girls loved them. Apparently, there's no stems on them, so the girls were losing their mind that you could just pop the whole thing in your mouth. The strawberries are super in season, so they are literally taste like candy wrapped in candy, and uh, they were all gone. By the time I got off the road, they were all gone, and the girls love them. And 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 this is great for Valentine's Day, which is coming up. So if you if you don't if you're at a loss for a Valentine's Day gift, this is where you go. Go to Sherry's Berries. Um, Go to berries.com. Go to berries.com. B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. B-E-R-R-I-E-S. B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Click on the microphone. Yeah. And enter the code BC. And what that gets you is a dozen dozen chocolate dipped strawberries is $19.99 with that code. But you can add another dozen 
for only ten more dollars. So you can get two dozen, really for the price of like one and a half. It's pretty good. Yeah, and there's four. It's like chocolate dip, dark chocolate, van- uh, white. Let me chocolate. talk about it because I ate them too. Oh god! They were dark chocolate with chocolate chips, milk chocolate with walnuts, and white chocolate with chocolate swirl. And they were fabulous. Really? Yes, they are picked at the peak of perfection. They are so good. They're juicy. You know, it, it just was a great it's great pre-Valentine's Day uh, yeah. for me because we got it this past week. But you should go online and order them now for the weekend. Do that right now. Do that right now because this will avoid you getting Saturday afternoon going, shit, I didn't get anything for Valentine's Day. Exactly. Just do it right now. Do it right now. Order Sherry's Berries. Use the, uh, click the microphone. Use the code BC and get two. And you know what? Grab your buddy and go, don't worry, I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> Send one to your mom. <laughs> right? Send one to your mom. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Them, I'm getting an, I'm going to order one for Leanne uh, and one for the girls. And yeah. For Valentine's Day, and I'm going to try them. Love it. They're so good. I think this is the first time you've been home for Valentine's Day in a long time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, all right. Yeah. Sherry's Berries. Berries.com. Berries.com. Oh, I almost forgot. I meant to say, go to BurtCast.com and buy a BurtCast mug. They're pretty cool. I like them. They have the emblem, the BurtCast emblem on them. They're awesome mugs. So please, go to BurtCast.com and check out our merchandise. Uh, today's guest... Uh, it is a, uh, I'm gonna say a pleasure and an honor to have on the podcast. He is uh, a guy that kind of revolu- revolutionized the business that is podcasting. He is a forerunner in content. I believe the way he looks at b- this business is uh, there are very few people looking at it that way, and I will say that uh, that it's the way I look at it now. Um, my first TV show. I worked on the lot with him. We're going to talk about that. And uh, and he's someone that I always wondered if he didn't like me. And uh, <laughs> it turns out I don't think he knew me. <laughs> it was a great podcast. And I got to be honest with you, I got more coming down the line. I don't know what mojo I got coming my way, but with Titus a couple weeks ago, I got Joey. Uh, Louis J. Gomez is coming over tomorrow morning. Patton Oswald, uh, Pete Holmes. We have some really big ones coming up. But no one gets bigger in podcasting than this gentleman. Uh, it is my honor to introduce to you from a man that needs no introduction, Adam Carolla. This is... Did you drink last night? A little bit. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this, man. My pleasure. I feel like uh, I feel like our uh, I feel like the you've been a, in a weird way like a, um, like a instrumental part of my career. Do you do really? You, yeah. Do you feel like do you, do you know how you'd know me at all? Um, no. I mean, I know I know your name, but I don't know how I've been instrumental so uh in your career so my first tv show i ever got was the x show oh the x show yeah that's right yeah and so i uh, and you and jimmy were on the same lot as us right i and, remember that and if i'm not mistaken the x show was stolen concept from the man show well sorry i'm uh, eating a lot of um yeah what what had happened is is we did the man show uh, as like an ABC pilot, and then they rejected it, and uh, they went with uh, Cupid, starring Jeremy Piven. <laughs> I, I'm Are you gonna, serious? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put together a long list of TV shows that went on the air um, before or instead of many many pilots and shows uh, I've done uh, like accidentally on purpose with Jenna Elfman and stuff like that. But anyway, so then we did the show and we did the pilot and, and ABC didn't want to put it on. So we took it to comedy central, I think. And then comedy central wanted to put it on. And then I think Fox or FX or whatever, whatever it was, wanted to do it as well. But, we said to them, 
Well, it's it's kind of between Comedy Central and FX, and we just think we're going to go with Comedy Central, and then FX went, oh, okay, go ahead, and then they came out with the X show a week before we came out, and then it was sort of like, oh, you guys are ripping off the X show, at least in terms of they came out, you guys came out first, yeah, and we were like, well... I think they're just ripping off our idea and getting it out there first, yeah. which is uh, smart, I guess. Sort of how the town works. It's a, I, I, I never it's, – it's a weird thing. I never give stuff much thought. I, I just sort of like, all right, well, they'll do their show and then we'll do our show. And then but you guys, had, you, guys, I mean, you guys had a distaste for the X show. I felt, I, like, I I, felt like that was the word on the street when I got there. They were like – because my friend Jordan Rubin was a writer on the Man Show, right? And and I remember I remember hearing about the Man Show, and I remember hearing they were taking submissions about for the Man Show. Yeah, and uh, you know it's weird. I Jimmy's got a lot more of that in him than than I do. <laughs> really? Well, I think it's it's I think it's called caring <laughs> or pride or or something. You know, it's yeah. like when when we stopped doing the Man Show. And they went on and did season five without us. Yeah. I didn't really have any feelings about that either. Really? No. It's it's sort of weird that I didn't. Jimmy's a much more. Uh, he would have been a better member of the mafia than than me because I didn't have any of this like family or ownership or anything i just sort of like well we did 100 episodes and now we're leaving and they want to do 100 episodes more the man show without us so be it yeah you know i think jimmy was more like hey that's our show what are they doing you know you always seem to have like i always felt like you had the perspective of and i apologize if this is incorrect but i like i'm great i'm grateful to be here i could be putting roofs on houses yeah, I had like some. Yeah, I had some of that mixed with just look. Let's show up. Let's get paid. Let's go home. Let's die. You know, it's kind of <laughs> you're like my dad. Eat yeah. shit and cash checks. <laughs> right, right. And that sort of was my approach to it. The, the only thing I really remember is um, during that little episode when it was weird, which was we pitched our show to FX and then FX came out with their show before us. And then they ripped our show off kind of thing. And then it seemed like we were ripping them off cause we came out second. But I remember at some point, somebody at the, uh, X show got, um, like a, a long shitty email from me allegedly. But the thing that was comical is, I can't type, spell, and I never knew how to even email anybody back yeah. then, yeah. especially back then. Yeah. So <laughs> emails back then were you really had to be a computer person to be sending emails. Yeah, and so it was it was comical. It was comical because there was this like hubbub that like, oh, Adam sent this scathing email to whoever, and everyone everyone who knew me knows that Adam doesn't know how to turn on a computer. So yeah. that that was uh, that's the only really thing I remember out of that time period but i was always just like well let's we'll do a show they'll do a show and my recollection was was and i came in late i felt like i'd heard one time i'd done a radio show and my name had come up to you and you would about the x show and you said no he was like one of the good nazis (laughs) (laughs) well i never you know i i it's a weird thing but i never really i i when i say one of the good nazis i mean like I mean, like, there is a thing in life where you're just around and somebody, like, says, put on this uniform and here's a gun and yeah. you need to guard the gate so the Jews can't get out. And if you don't, we'll just shoot you. And I don't really feel like those people need to be blamed for World <laughs> War II. That's just, like, kind of a situation. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, for me, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I would do anything any differently. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not so proud that I would have went. You know what? I'll take a bullet before I. I would have been like, oh, yes, sir. Yeah. You know, and uh, like if I was looking for a job back then, and somebody offered me a job as a host on a TV show, yeah, I, 
I would have done it. Yeah, sure. I was 26 years old. I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll take a show. Yeah. And it was funny because we were all, we were both on the same lot. Yeah, that was weird. And and also, uh, Loveline was on that lot as well uh, when it was on MTV. So everything I did was on that lot. Sunset Gower? Uh, Hollywood Center. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Center Studios, yeah. Yeah, everything I did was on that lot at the... <clears throat> for the first whatever part of whatever career I had. It's so funny. I feel like my career's mirrored your career in so many manners because I did the X show and then uh, did stand-up. And then when you left Loveline, they were looking to recast it. And uh, they brought in Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. I think they brought – I want to say they brought in Kyle Cease. I'm not certain. But they brought in a bunch of guys. And I just randomly came in from the road and I did it with Dr. Drew. For the uh-huh. first time, I just did it. I wasn't testing. I just did it to fill in. Right. And I told the story that I'm now famous for, my machine story. I told it on that night to mm-hmm. Dr. Drew. And then all of a sudden, my name got in the mix for doing it. And I was, I mean, I would say, and, I, t- t- and tell me if you agree with this. Would you say that, you on Loveline, that period of what, what was like 10 years? Mm-hmm. That you on Loveline on that radio, would you say that that was your, that was your sweet spot? Like that's the, is that the, is that the best representation of all of your talents and combined into one? I think that's a good probably way to couch it. I, I, I liked improv. I liked psychology. I liked hearing problems and, 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 and trying to solve them. And I liked discussing that with Dr. Drew. I, I always wanted, I always kind <clears> of, <throat> you know, I never really dreamt of, being a stand-up, and I never really dreamt of being an author, and I, ne- I never really dreamt of being an actor or doing a TV show. I My goal or my fantasy, if I even thought about it back in the day, I guess would be just me in a room with a microphone that was just sort of blasting out to, you know, parts unknown and sharing – like jokes and wisdom and 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 doing it having a <clears throat> and not being teamed with another comedian but being teamed with just a thinker somebody who had a base you know it was interesting and and knew was from a different world than I was from and 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 had had a, a different set skill set and and so on and so forth and you just and just showing up in in my you know flip flops and sweatpants at ten o'clock at night and just sitting in this windowless room while the city sort of slept and just talked into this mic like that that is kind of what I wanted out of yeah life I didn't I never I never really wanted to be on TV I didn't want to watch myself I didn't want to have makeup applied to my face uh, or hair goo or, or go out and like, you know, pick out wardrobe or get a fitting or something like that. I I just wanted to sit and talk into a mic. Yeah. And I wanted people just to be driving along their highway in their car at 1030 at night and just hear my voice coming through the speaker. That that's all I ever really wanted. It was, it was the, I, I would say out of, and I've, I'm a big fan of radio. Uh, and, and, I think that naturally leads into podcasting, but that period was the best radio I've ever heard. Me and my buddy Lorenzo, would he was a photographer, we'd drop off his proofs at night mm-hmm. just so we could hear you and Drew put people on hold and go, let me guess, she was molested. Right. I mean, it was the, it was, I mean, why did you leave? Um, <clears throat> why did I leave? Uh, Howard Stern, I think, I, I, there was a there was a couple things that were going on. The last, I think it was like the last year, uh, Doctor Doctor Drew and I were always sort of what they call favorite nations. We always just got paid the same, mm-hmm. and it started off in one city, I think, and we maybe grew to over a hundred cities, and. And so as it grows, you're making more money. Yeah, we got paid more, and the um, the ratings were really good everywhere. But they never 
the 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 Loveline team, as it were, uh, producers, engineers, phone screeners, program directors, they're never really a fan of mine. They, Are no you one, shitting me? No. No, they never – they never – they didn't laugh. They didn't they, – <laughs> they didn't seem to really, I guess, would be – Are you serious? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, they didn't appreciate anything that I did. The really. Raiders are going, going through the roof, and they literally are just like, "I don't fucking get it." Uh yeah. I think. It's, <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't verbally say that to me, but I'd I'd go meet with my program director like once every other month or something, and he'd literally just say like, "Stop talking." Just. Like you're talking too much. Like you gotta roll phone calls. You gotta roll calls. You're you're taking, you know, three calls an hour. You should be taking thirty five calls an hour. Just boom, boom, boom. Get get through it. Like stop it. Yeah. Stop while you're talking. You're talking too much. You gotta get phone calls. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I would always just kind of go, yeah, all right. And then I just go right back and just do whatever I wanted to do. And I think. I think they were a little frustrated with the the fact that I would never do radios about rolling phone calls. Like get those phone calls rolling. Really? It is. It's about cadence. And and I never really subscribed to that. I was just like and and they'd be like you did one call and it was 17 minutes. That's insane. <laughs> There's you're supposed to be like 90 seconds max, you know. And I'd go, "Well, I it was interesting to me, you know, or whatever. Phone call. I'd be fucking parked waiting. For, I would not be getting out of the car listening to that one phone call. Well, they didn't like it. And uh, at a certain point, they said at the my last year, I think of uh, Loveline, they said, look, we'll pay. It's a weird thing. I, I don't know why they – I don't know how they figured this one out, but – Drew and I were both making like I don't know nine hundred and fifty grand a year or something each, and then we got to the the next contract, and they said, "Okay, here's how, here's what we're going to do. Drew is going to remain unchanged. He will get his nine hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars a year or something. You, Adam, you're going to get two fifty. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, um, oh, you want me to leave? You know? And they're like, no. I'll just pay Drew three and a half times as much as you. And uh, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And they were like, yeah. Well, that's that's the deal. And I said, uh, all right. And then uh, they started talking about um, Howard Stern and who's going to replace Howard Stern and blah, blah, blah. And and it just sort of turned into that. And I ended up doing mornings about a year later. I did make them give them all my money back to get me even with Drew when they wanted me to sign my Howard Stern contract. I I said I got to – it's funny because my agent kept saying – you want a signing bonus, baby? And I said, no, I want the money they owe me from doing a year where I got paid um, a third as much as a guy I sit, sat next to, who, by the way, wasn't there a lot of the time because he was like in New York and busy and yeah. doing stuff with Trojan condoms and stuff. And I was like, I'm here doing a show. Yeah. Drew's on the East Coast, and I'm getting paid a third as much as – is him and uh i just want to be I, you got to give me the money to get me back to even with him for the last year god what's wrong with la radio like morning morning radio why is why is there no i mean i guess kevin and bean or i don't i've never I, I, they said I, when i left they said we want to get somebody young hispanic and funny to take your place and i said okay <laughs> Have fun with that. And I don't know, like, I don't know to this day if anybody over there ever attributed any success of that to me or the fact that 
when I left, it started just to fall off yeah. and it just kind of almost gone away now or something. I don't know that there's any correlation between me, the success of the show, and then me leaving and the lack of success of the show or whatever it is. I've, I've, it's never been discussed. I've never – it's never come up. Does those those listeners, I feel like, just translated – I'm not sure you – do you do you ever focus on your numbers or how many people listen to your episodes or why episodes do better than other ones on a on your podcast? Um, yes and no. I I used to. I mean, I I would. I'll read tweets where they go, "I like this guy," or "We don't like this guy," or "What's this?" or you know, just to sort of give the people what they want, yeah, kind of thing. But but you don't have like a your own Libsyn account where you go, "Oh, I had." 700,000 downloads on the first day. That was oh, a good episode. Yeah, yeah. No, we do, but I don't really attribute it to good episode, bad episode, this guest, that guest. It doesn't really seem, by the way, it, it also, it doesn't seem to have, there doesn't seem to be a direct correlation between having Kevin Costner on as a guest. Seriously? Yeah, versus, versus some unknown comic in terms of numbers. Well, I, my two of my best friends are obsessive about your podcast. And like one of the guys was my DP. So on the road, he'd always put on your podcast on like late night drives. He'd be driving. And your po- your podcast is, is in the sen- same sense as Bill Burr's or his Joe's. It doesn't matter who you have on. People tune in every episode. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think that it's a little more about me and my voice or whatever's going on in my life. And – and that the 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 guess is a good thing to have, and it's nice to have reoccurring stuff, and it's nice to have guys who you enjoy working with and and improving with and stuff like that. But it's it's sort of secondary, I, I guess. Like well, like if you like Modern Family, you like Modern Family, and there'll there'll be there'll be people that'll be guests on episodes, but it's not going to make you watch or not watch. Oh, this, this episode for me will be through the roof because your name will be in it. You know, uh, I, it's a thank you. I, I know I, I can't, I cannot think of myself, uh, like one way or the other in almost any facet of life. I, I just, it's like, I remember I did the marriage ref with Donald Trump and he like showed up and he was slapping me on the back and he was saying, this can be the best episode. You, you, he said, uh, you trust me, wait till those ratings come in. You're going to see this number one, this can be the number one. And I just remember thinking, why? (laughs) (laughs) And first off, I'm on it. How good could it be? And then secondly, it was me, him and Gloria Estefan, you know, not exactly the, you know, dynamic comedy trio and and (laughs) but i just remember sort of thinking like wow must be nice to kind of be that way yeah i mean it also sounds like a little bit of a calorie burner but i mean (laughs) walking around everywhere just announcing it's going to be number one this is going to be the greatest this is going to be fantastic but i'm always just sort of like uh well we'll do it and then it'll just turn into something that we vaguely remember doing at some point what was uh what was what how did the how did the podcast you are probably one of the earlier developers of the bit of the business paradigm of podcasting uh-huh how did yep. that how did did you literally have to sit and think that out and there's and there's weird things that is like folklore that i don't know is if they're true or not but like is jimmy a part of this partnership or is does jack hole no still exist <clears throat> Yeah, I guess I guess we do exist. We're just we're not we've been uh, not doing a lot of projects. I mean, what what happened? What happened? I, you know, Jimmy and I used to you know do shows, and 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 Jack Holt used to do shows, and then Jimmy got a job in show business. It was like it's like one of those weird full time show business jobs that yeah. doesn't exist in in other forms of show business you know like oh you're going to new york and do a play for seven weeks but then you come back you know or you go out on the road and you do some dates and then you come back or 
you go do a uh, you know we would go do the man show and then we'd go into hiatus and then we'd go do crank anchors or we go into hiatus or whatever it is but Jimmy was uh, at his house yesterday so you guys still hang out <laughs> I just snuck in <laughs> I like to watch him sleep. It's such an interesting yeah. d- it's dynamic because he works full time. Like he's, and he's and he's. Uh, no, I'm, I wouldn't say I didn't. I don't know Jimmy. I've I've done stand up on his show, but I don't know him. Uh-huh. To, but you'd imagine there. It's impossible for him not to have changed somewhat, becoming someone who hangs out with every of the biggest movie stars nightly. Um, and you still seem like like you know it was the interesting dynamic of that movie that you did. You still seem like a guy. Who's you? You seem unchanged. You seem a hundred percent, totally unchanged. And I'm not saying that Jimmy seems changed. So I always wondered, like that friendship that you guys had during the Man Show, did it maintain? Does it? Are you guys still like a hundred percent honest with each other? Is it? You know? Well, it's it's the 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 reality is when we first met, I was you know I had no kids, I had no wife, I had no life, Jimmy had a wife that he probably didn't like spending a lot of time with. And it was just any excuse for us to go out and eat lunch yeah. and talk about what could be, you know, that's all it was like, well, we, we could do this one day. We could do that one day. We both saw that in each other. And now the reality is, is I got kids. He's got a new kid. He's got a new wife and he's got to get up every day and go somewhere. Yeah. And I, you know, I was at his house watching the Super Bowl. I was at his house for Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. Um, I was, you know, we go out to dinner and stuff like that. But the reality is, is I live over there. He lives over here. He's got kids. I got kids. And we both have these crazy schedules. And it's just sort of, yeah, it's sort of like life. You know, it's like you're buddy from high school and then all of a sudden you get married and then you move away and you know it's like you still look at him as your buddy from high school but you just can't physically go sit and have lunch every single day like jimmy and i would just go out to lunch every day there wasn't anything to do yeah and we enjoyed each other's company so much but now it's a different relationship you know he works full-time i work full-time and I'm happy to say that, uh, you know, it's like my kids call him Uncle Jimmy. And when we were driving over to his house for the Super Bowl, my daughter was like, this is the second time we've been to Jimmy's place and, you know, in a month. And I hope Jimmy's got this and I hope so-and-so's there and, you know, his, you know, nephews and kids and, you know, blah, blah, his Ivy, his cousin Ivy, is she going to be there? You know, and it's just, it's a nice family jimmy's very family oriented i worked with his sister and it like just jill heard some hurts yes jill and uh she was just talking about him and i was like i'd never seen him in other than the veneer of standing behind sitting behind a desk you know he's uh uh super family oriented and super uh gracious and he's like one of these guys. He's just kind of better than we are in the sense that you get a – I got him like a custom cheese board or something for, for Christmas. I, here's the thing. It's like me and my wife are so <laughs> fuck, fucked up that – here's the difference between me and my wife and Jimmy and his wife. Yeah. It was – you know, two days before we were heading or the, maybe the day before we were heading over to Jimmy's house for um, Christmas Eve. And, of course, my wife, my wife, like, announces we're, we're going to do a Christmas card every year. And then I have to tell her Christmas was two days ago. And she'll <laughs> go, well, then it'll be a holiday card. And I'll go, all right. And then we'll never take that picture. Yeah. Um, so we bought a gift for Jimmy, Jimmy has a barn that he just built, and we we did this. I bought him this barn thing. He likes to throw parties. He can put cheese out or something. And my wife said, uh, look, there is a um, custom hardwood thing where 
you can have the shit engraved and it'd be funny for Jimmy's barn and you could put it, Jimmy's name on it and put it out and he could put cheese on it or whatever. And I said, fine. How long is it? You know, what's the lead time? And the lead time's like <laughs> five weeks, you know? And so long story short, he, we go over there and hand him a piece of paper that says, you're going to get this wood platter somewhere in the future yeah. <laughs> with your initials on it. And then, not the gravitas you were hoping for. No, well, like I said, we're not we're not really on our game. But from him, we get in the mail. I mean, I got a. I, I think I got this really cool pie of the month thing. But I, I get this card that is like his stationery with his wife doing like a short soliloquy on how much we're looking forward to getting this cheese board one day. And then Jimmy writes under it like, Hey, thank you for the uh, generous gift. We've not received it, but we look forward to, you know, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, that's how much better they are than, than we, we get a thank you card, handwritten. Thank you card. We didn't even, they didn't even receive shit and we get, and we can't, we can't even get together like a holiday email. Like, so he's just one of those guys. Yeah. Like he's just, I, I don't know where, I, I don't know. It's like you have to, I grew up like a feral cat. Like just, I didn't, like people would have to tell me. You know, when your food comes, don't start eating it. You got to wait for the other people at the restaurant who you're sitting with. They got to wait for them to get their food. Like, I'd be like eating and talking and (laughs) using the wrong fork. And, you know, it's like these weird things. Like, then the woman would show up and you'd see the guy standing up and I'd still be eating, you know, my (laughs) stuff with my elbows poking out and everything. And Jimmy just grew up, like, with manners and civility and... He's just he's just more evolved or something. I don't know what it is. It's a weird we're a weird combination. Yeah. Like his favorite game to play is Scrabble. And I've never played a game of Scrabble in my life because I, I can't spell. I'm dyslexic. I have a hard time with Scrabble. It, it gives me anxiety as I start playing. I it gives me anxiety thinking about playing because <laughs> I've never even played Scrabble. Yeah. Did but, you did you deal did when you came up with doing the podcast and starting this pirate ship of yours. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to did you run it by Jimmy? Do you did you guys do this? I had always heard that he was a partner in this. No, I I I just sort of realized that when the radio show ended, I'd never been out of communication with my audience, whatever that audience was in, in my mind. So it's like – Yeah, in a weird way, that's the whole thing about like vlogging and podcasting is you do it daily and you start a dialogue with people who want to hear it daily. Yeah, and and so I've never been out of contact mm-hmm. with with whoever wanted me to be in contact with them for – you know, this had been now, you know, 14 – 15 years of of nonstop contact. And so my feeling was, well, when my radio show ends, I'll just start doing this just to keep in contact with people who want to keep in contact. And I didn't really think about it much past that. I just thought if, if you, you know, if you, if you are used to listening to me then you may continue listening to me. It'll just be in a dis- slightly different format, and that that that's that. Did you, this is going to sound. I, I already know your answer. There's like nine questions I have for you that I know that I'm not allowed to ask people. But like, I'm still stuck on nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. By the way, um, did you get scared yeah. when you the when when the show got canceled? The morning show got canceled. Did you ever get like scared in this business where you're like, what do I do next? Like, what if I don't? What if no one wants to work with me again? I did. I well, you know what what I what I had was this see I had this concept. I always had this concept that what would get me uh thrown off the air would be some action that that I did. So uh, so what I'm saying is is <clears throat> first off 
I always had three or four jobs like simultaneously. Yeah. So it, it never was a weird – it's just, you know, it's just this kind of thing. I guess as a human being, it's like telling a 22-year-old guy, hey, man, don't smoke because one day you're going to be 60. And they're like, fuck you, I'm 22. I'll kick your ass <laughs> yeah. and I'll smoke a cigarette while I'm doing it, you know. And you're like, hey, and, you know, don't – you really shouldn't eat that hot dog because that's not – that's going to catch up, you know, your arteries are going to, and you're like, I'm fucking 22. Like, yeah. What do I care? So that is when you're 22, you're just fucking 22. Like you look good with your shirt off and it doesn't matter if you smoke and smoke through a hot dog. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, but that's just your reality. And for me, when I was starting out, it was like, oh, you got a radio show and then you got Loveline and MTV and Crank Yankers, Man Show and whatever. And it's like, my problem was like too much shit, yeah. too too many jobs, too much opportunity. And I was just sort of in the mo- mode of I didn't audition or I didn't try to go out. I was just like, you know, me and Jimmy will come up with a show idea and then we'll, p- we'll put it on the air. Yeah. You know, and, and that was that. And so it, it came really easily. I mean, there was a lot of hard work, but I didn't realize how much we were kind of defying the odds of, you know, nobody, people that do late night radio get paid $34,000 a year, not nine hundred grand a year, you know. They have to show up and prepare and, and, and have meetings and and deal with ratings and affiliates and, and blah, blah, blah. And all I ever did was show up two minutes before the show, talk for a couple hours and go home I and, I, and get great – you know, we'd be number one everywhere yeah. and I didn't have to do anything. And I mean, I had to show up, but it was all like this super easy, like, you know, like people say, you know, uh, in, uh, let's see, UC Davis or wherever Cal Poly somewhere, so, you know, they'd go, you guys got a 50 share, like in this, like literally half the radios that were turned on would be listening to Loveline in, I don't know where it was, like Merced or something. I don't even know. I didn't even know the affiliates were on. Like, yeah. I wouldn't – like people would call and go – I'd go, where are you calling from? And they'd go, I'm calling from uh, Rhode Island. And I'd go, <laughs> how are you listening to the show? And they'd go, well, we've been on the – you've been on the air here for three years. And I'd go, oh, <laughs> I, I guess it feel pretty shitty to the Rhode Island affiliate that I didn't even know we were on the air in Rhode yeah. Island. I, every time someone would call from like Detroit or something, I'd go, "How are you listening to this?" And they'd go, "We're you're on the station. Oh. You're on it." So, uh, I know I'm getting pretty pretty out in the weeds here, but no, I, life I, was yeah. easy. Like I just had job after job after job after job, and then what I assumed is I assumed that one day, if I got thrown off the air. It because I is because I made some joke and pissed off some Asians or something, yeah. and I'd get thrown off the air. And then, of course, when I got thrown off of this station, that that station, that station, that station would all be lining up to try to get me onto their airwaves. Yeah. But what I didn't anticipate is that the economy just took a big shit, and there were no more jobs. So when I got thrown off the air it wasn't because of something i did it was just there's no more money like ra- radio is taking a big crap uh the the people that own the radio stations are bleeding badly and they just figured it's a lot easier just to play music and not pay the the talent and just play some cold play and call it a day yeah and so then i was out of a job and I was like looking around and it was like, oh, there are no other jobs. There's no radio jobs. There's no uh, TV jobs. Like there wasn't any, there wasn't, I mean, there was, you know, hey, you could do a pilot for this or that, but there there was nothing. I did a pilot or two, it never got off the ground. And it How was old like, were you? I was, uh, well, this would have been in. Eight years ago, nine. I, know, eight, eight, yeah. I was I was like forty, 
three or something. That's my age. And did you have kids at the time? Yeah, I had I had uh, twins that were you know two years old or something, and I, I was I remember kind of going, "Wow, I got used to this kind of lifestyle and kids and big house and everything and and race cars and shit like that." And I don't have a job, and 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 not only do I not have a job, but it's like the phone's not ringing, like, and I remember just kind of going. What the hell am I going to do? Because I didn't, I you know, I couldn't take a job at a radio station and make $125,000 a year. That wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. Like, I needed a million dollars a year, and they didn't have jobs for a million dollars a year anywhere. And... I, I was sort of like, oh, what do I got to do now? And and so it was like, well, write a book. How about writing a book? And I was like, uh, okay, I can't spell. I don't play Scrabble, but I could write a book. And, you know, we'll go tour around, do stand-up, you know? And I'm like, uh, I don't really have an act, you know? And like, well, get an act and, and go hit the road. And so it was kind of a weird scraping together of like oh sh- shit i'm uh you know jimmy's off doing his tv show yeah. uh we're not doing crank yankers or man show or anything uh the radio's all gone and uh, i'm not sure what to do How, what's your wife like during this time um because you don't i mean i think care <laughs> <laughs> Is do you guys have the kind of marriage where you guys can like? Do you like? Well, it's funny. Oh, I was funny because uh, I said I did. I, no, it, <laughs> she's she's. Uh, I don't know what she doesn't. Her thing is like, you know, if I said I got to go on the road and 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 make money, she'd go fine. And or or if, if I went, I'm not going on the road. She'd go fine. You know, yeah. like she doesn't really. I, I do remember this. I said to her, I did like come home and I just said, look, um, I don't have a job and I got a huge monthly nut and I don't have a job and you are going to need to be a little more financially savvy. Like you're going to have to get involved a little bit here. Like, cause it ain't those days where it's just getting paycheck after paycheck and who gives a shit you know yeah. like I, i'm gonna need some help because I, I it's not formally it was none no who cared like you just look you married a guy's rich money just comes in but i don't yeah. got any more money coming in so i need you to get involved financially and she said i am involved and i said you are and she said absolutely and i said what's the mortgage on this house and she said, oh, no, if you're going to ask trick questions, it's true. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I don't really I, – I wouldn't consider that to be like an outlandish trick <laughs> question. What's the monthly payment on this house? That was the beginning. And then she was like, well, if you're going to be a dick about it. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not being a dick. I, but I am saying I need you to be a little more involved and uh, – I quickly abandoned that plan and just went into. I better make. I better start making fun, some fucking money. Did you, did you just sit up one night and you're like, I mean, because the whole bit, the only reason I make extra change every month is through my podcast. But I would never have come up with that business paradigm had not. I, I feel like you kind of invented it. You brought your well, radio. I, I yeah, I, I didn't invent anything other than it's just radio. You know, it's yeah. just you, you talk you have x amount of listeners i mean basically what what it is is this you have a an audience and the people that make uh motor oil or you know flowers.com or whatever they don't have an audience squarespace they don't have an audience yeah so they'd like to rent your audience from you the same way you'd want to put your tire company on the side of a dirigible and fly it over the Rose Bowl, you know, yeah. like, hey, everybody look up. So 
for me, I always figured if you have an audience, that is something that can be monetized because it's my audience that I that I have built over the course of X amount of years or or I've delivered. Um, I I have whatever relationship I have with them, they're there because they evidently like me and what I have to say. And, and I've, I've burnt a lot of calories over the years trying to make sure they're satisfied and happy and, and, and like me as a product. And, and so now I can take that and I can say, okay, well, you'd, you'd like to, uh, talk about your motor oil or Squarespace or whatever. It's, give me a few dollars and I'll I'll share it with my audience. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's you know it's radio. It's, yeah, it did. Now, do you, um, you strike me as someone who doesn't say sorry very often. Um, I I, I don't. I will if I accuse somebody of something and then. I don't know. I got my assistant mad over there. I do say sorry quite a bit. Like if I say, hey, where's my stuff? I, I left it out on the front table. And then someone goes, nah, it's in your car. And then I'll go, oh, sorry. Just, you know, <laughs> that, I, that I will. Yep. But I don't really apologize for thoughts that yeah. I have because I'm, I don't really say them if I don't mean them and I don't really believe them. Yeah. And, but it's not a, it's, it's not a pride, it's not pride related. It doesn't seem pride related. It seems that you seem like someone, when you say something, you stand behind it. I, 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 I think I, here's the way I kind of, I try to go through life. I think to myself, what is fair? I mean, there's what you want, there's what I want, and I don't want what I want. It's a lot of people that are like kids and the kids are like, you know, I got twins. And if you tell my daughter, uh, look, there's one sack of M&Ms, there's 20 M&Ms in it. Take 10 for yourself and give 10 to your brother. She'll go, I want 20. And you'll go, yeah, but that's not fair to them. And they go, yeah, no, it's fair to me. That feels fair. And if I said to her like, well, just give him one. She'd go, that's unfair to me. And I'd go, no, it's not. You have 19. But in, it feels to her yeah. like I, sh- I should get 20 because it's me. Yeah. My sort of approach to life is I'll open the sack of M&Ms. I'll take 10. I'll give you 10. And then I'll give you one more. So you can have 11 and I'll have nine. Now – if you walk away f- from our fictitious M&M table and go, fuck you, this is bullshit, I-, I-, I deserve or whatever, I'll just go, well, I know what I just did. And I know that it's I'm calibrated and I'm fair. Yeah. And I'm not asking anything that's unreasonable. As a matter of fact, we, had, we both had 10 M&Ms and I just gave you one more. So you got one more than I do. And you can walk away and go, this is bullshit. You're an asshole. And I'll just go, that doesn't affect me at all because I know what I just did with you was super equitable and fair. And that's how I go through my life. I go through it without me being a big factor in it. Yeah. I, I I feel like I speak out of my ass all the time and I don't think about what I say. I just start rattling, and it feels like you, uh, you and Joe, are the two people that I find most fascinating because you don't. Ne- neither of you seem to speak out of your ass. You seem to speak with intention. I, I feel like I have thoughts, and 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 I and I want to share them with people, and and I mean it, and that's why it's kind of. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it's like. You know, sometimes comedians, you say something, you piss off this group or that group, yeah. and they go, and, and, and the comedian goes, oh, come on, can't, can't you take a joke? You know, it's a joke. It's only a joke. And it's sort of, I wish I could say that, but it's not really, for me, it's not really a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying what I say, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but on the other hand, 
it's weird. I, it's it's like you know, someone will go, I'll go. Well, look, uh, a mom and a dad do a better job at raising a kid than two moms or two dads, and everyone will go, Oh, you don't mean that though, right? And I'll go, Well, yeah, I do. It's it's not hate speak. It's just yeah. what what is you know. And they'll go, Well, I mean, I could remember like. I had my, I had uh, gay publicists, and they were like, "Well, that's that's your opinion." And I went, "No, it's just what is. Yeah. You know, it's not my opinion. It's just it is. It's nature. You know." Yeah. And then I would always say, though, like, "Yeah, but I'd rather look. I'd rather have. I'd rather I'd be raised by a gay couple than my fucking piece of shit parents. Like, <laughs> like for sure. I mean, they're horrible. Yeah, and." So it's not saying that uh, there's not a million gay couples that aren't better than my parents or yours or whoever's. It just means all things being equal, my kids get a lot more out of have they get they get something from my from my wife, yeah. and they get something else from me, and it's it's better for them than it would be two men or two women. If you and Jimmy were raising them. Oh, well, see, now there we would actually – they would be better off with me, Jimmy, actually. They certainly would – holidays would be a lot better. That's, that's for goddamn sure. But like the, like when the the stuff about the uh, females aren't funny thing came out, did you – like if I did that I – mean, that's something I would say and on a podcast and then and then people would come at me and the next day and I'd just wake up depressed in bed. I'm like, why I, did I say that? Well, the, the, I was – it was funny. I mean the thing that's funny about it is – um, I was doing a, I was doing like a long article for, I don't even know what publication. So I don't, I don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't go get them or anything. But at the very end, just, he was, the guy was talking to me about comedy or books or podcasts or whatever. And then he gets to the very end and he goes, uh, who's funnier, men or women? And I said, oh, men are funnier. And he's like, uh, all right. He just like took it, and ran with yeah. it, you know. And uh, my feeling was, is well, I got to an answer. I mean, it can't be a tie. <laughs> and then the only alternative is women are funnier than men, and I don't think that's true. But I also said that, uh, you know, like Sarah Silverman or Kathy Griffin, they're funnier than any dude I went to high school with. Yeah. I didn't say there weren't funny women. I gave examples of women. I thought were really funny, but it just turned into something. And I was always sort of like, well, first off, what do you care what I think? Yeah. That's an interesting way. I I gave my opinion, but that's my opinion. Then you got your opinion and then he and she have their opinion. What, what, how is this? Why is it so threatening to you for me to have this opinion? Yeah. I, I don't get that. I don't get why everyone is threatened. I don't. I don't get why. Why there needs to be a threat level for an opinion, and also the the people that came out after me were like, "Well, Corolla's an unfunny buffoon," and like, okay, even <laughs> less reason to listen or to give a fuck what I say. Like, he's not funny. He's a buffoon. He's an asshole. And I feel sorry for his wife and feel sorry for his daughter. And I'm always like, oh, okay, so then you really don't need to listen to the <laughs> super unfunny, stupid buffoon, yeah. right? I mean, why would you need like like would if I'm unfunny and I'm an idiot, then it's like saying I'm going to tell you you're bad at the guitar, but I don't play an instrument. You know what I mean? Like, why are you listening to me? Or why Asking should a blind be, guy to why, do movie reviews. Yeah, why should you be threatened by me? I'm yeah. unfunny. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uneducated. And I'm a fucking asshole. So what, what, do you, what difference does it make? Yeah. I never got that part of life. Um, I know we got to wrap this up. But uh, I want to like, talk. I wanna, I'm curious. I think... What you've done in in this is the thing that I, I'm in therapy. I always talk to my therapist about what I want: creating your own content, making your own content, and being able to do whatever you want to do. I think is the, I think that's the future of this business. I think that's this is where everything's going. I see everyone scrambling. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Is how do you how do you create your projects? Like I know you got the Paul Newman documentary. Do you? I mean, 
do you just like walking through the office? You're like, hey, you know what I'd like to do? And you kind of put it on Matt's plate, and then Matt goes, <laughs> like, hey, I, I've got like nine options. Let's sit. And then you have like a, a meeting where everyone that works here sits down. Or do you? Because um, I can't imagine you write a one page for it, but like, no, I don't know. Um, you, I mean, because you've done two movies, you have four books, right? Yeah. You have this documentary on Paul Newman coming out. Or is it's it out? out? Yeah, it's out. Like how? How does someone? Because I feel like I identify with you. I think a lot of comics identify with you. We're not. We don't like to sit behind a computer and type things out and write things out. We have good ideas, and we like to talk and we like to do what we like to do. How do you do it? How, like literally, I want, I'm almost like, how do you make the cake? Yeah, uh, I had this conversation with my wife actually the other day. Who, by the way, is so much fucking hotter than she needs to be. I know. Like, I, I really wanted you to be married to like a six. She, I think she knows. <laughs> <laughs> she's sweet. She's really, she's really nice person. And but she's like kind of laid back, you yeah. know. And I'm like, look, the only way. To travel through this life is to have – I have this sort of theory. I, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll try to put it into words here. But um, you can sort of stand in the bakery of life and just stand there. But if you don't pull that ticket, even if that ticket says 999 on it and you hear the guy get on the thing he's like number three number three and you're 999 but if you don't pull the ticket you'll just perpetually be standing in that bakery and you'll never get your fucking cookies or your muffins like but and and so everyone else's kind of approach is like well you just pulled the ticket but they're on number three and yours says 999 on it i'm like just as long as you pull the ticket then you have it now I need you to pull like 14 tickets simultaneously. And those 14 tickets, you'll get to the front of that line at that metaphorical bakery at different points as long as you have enough tickets pulled. But you've got to pull the ticket. Yeah. You've got to get the thing in motion. So while I'm trying to get my kitchen remodeled and do my next documentary and come up with my next t-shirt design and come out with my new newest flavor of mangria or whatever it is. It's got to be in motion. You got to pull that, that ticket and time passes quickly. Like you, you were staring at that ticket when it was nine ninety nine, and you heard the guy shout out three You'll fucking blink your eyes and he'll be nine 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 ninety one, you know, and you'll be like, "Oh shit, we're there!" Like, but but meanwhile, you have all these other tickets that you pulled and all these other bakeries that are going on. So yeah. pull that ticket and get that thing out there, even if it's way out around the corner. Have stuff, you know. I just got uh, a. Uh, uh, memory stick that has 55 minutes of my next documentary on it that I took home yesterday. And it's like, oh, we're already almost an hour into the next doc. But we were working on it when we were working on the last doc. You know, like it's just pull all those tickets and get it, get started. And, and, and don't, a lot of people just kind of stand around and go, well, should I pull the ticket? I don't know. I don't, uh, it's so far away. What did the guy just yell? He yelled seven. Seven? It's nine ninety nine. Let's fucking pull it yeah. and get going. And that, that that's about it. But pull a whole bunch and get in line. But get in a whole bunch of lines. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Is this what you're going to do forever now? Is this... Is this like is this 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 pirate ship that you are? And I heard you refer to it as a pirate ship a number of times. But is this is this? Could you be content doing this? Doing your podcast? Doing you have like nine podcasts? Yeah, and then just doing projects that you, you find pa- you're passionate about. I, I have, or do you need something bigger? I, I don't have any. I I don't think about it really. No, I I I, I literally this would be a fucking this would like where you're at in life. Just to make your own content, 
and no one be able to tell you what the fuck to do. Yeah. That's, that's the goal I look at. Like I go, that's it. I I, I like it, and uh, you know, I don't know how to navigate life other than to get up and pull that ticket and get going. And I have no idea where this is going to end. I don't know how much you don't have control over all aspects yeah. of, of life. There's uh, horrible car crashes and things like that. You know, um, this has been good and it's been a good ride and it's been a, you know, it's been a l- lot a learning lesson, a lot to learn and a lot of calories burnt and a lot of wasted calories that I never really look at as wasted calories, just going down a road that doesn't really have uh, an, an outlet and going, all right, well, that don't go down that road again, like discovering what things are. And, and, but I had uh, Barry Katz, um, <laughs> who's Jay Moore's manager. Barry Katz was my manager for oh, a long your time. Manager. And Barry just came up to me and he's like, what's the plan, man? And I said, why? No plan. And he said, you don't have a plan? And I said, no. <laughs> he said, don't you want a plan? And I said, no, I never thought about it. And then I started getting a little like self-conscious, like <laughs> maybe buried. I should have a, <laughs> what, does everyone else have a plan? So I know like guys like Jim Carrey, like I cut myself a check for $10 million. <laughs> I looked over, I, I parked, I parked my Camry on top of Mulholland. I looked down and I said, one day you people are all going to know. And I wrote that check. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do – maybe Barry's right. I should have some sort of plan. But uh, I don't. My plan is go to work. Half of Barry's things he says to you, he's saying to himself. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Maybe he thought that I – Maybe he wanted me to think he had a plan that I could utilize <laughs> by giving him fifteen percent or something. But I just remember, uh, no, I don't. I don't have a plan. I I get up and I get going. Yeah, every every day and and every day something else. And that's about that's the plan, dude. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Adam. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Bert. I appreciate uh, being appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you mind if I shoot video for my vlog? Okay. Um, I'm obsessed with content right now. So I'm doing a daily vlog. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.